I'm Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faithless Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together, and we hope that you'll enjoy your time with us. In the last episode, we learned that Nehemiah's character as governor, learned about Nehemiah's character as governor and how he led his people. So for a quick while update, (laughs) the wall has been built. There you go. (laughs) The wall has been built and not a gap was left in it, but the doors were not yet set in the gates. So everything's looking good except for Sambalot. Tobiah and Geshem, a.k.a. the Three Stooges, who are up to no good. (laughs) Terry, how about if you read the scripture for us? I don't think I can follow that, really. (laughs) Uh, Reading Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 9 out of the NIV. When word came to Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall... Not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gates. Sam Ballot and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's another word. <laughs> they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I'm carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave them the same answer. <clears throat> then the fifth time, Sam Ballot sent his aide to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written. It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says it's true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king, and have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation exclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come on, let us meet together. I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening, and you are just making it up out of your head. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed. Now strengthen my hands. I think this is my favorite passage in all of Nehemiah. It's mm, a good one. Why? I just did. so many things. One, he says, "None of these things have happened, and you are making it up out of your head." Like, mm-hmm. how many times do we th- think to somebody, "You're a big, fat, dirty liar"? <laughs> <laughs> None of those things are true. Mm-hmm. I'm, hopefully, we don't call them out like that. But um, no, sometimes some, I do. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my very favorite, very favorite part is uh, when they go to him and they say, you know, yada, 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 trying to get in his ear. And um, he just looks at them and says, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Mm-hmm. Why should my work stop because of your pettiness, essentially, is what he's mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. But I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hello. I'm busy here. I don't have time for your shenanigans. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, we're just going to, I'm just going to jump right in here. Go to So years ago, I heard a talk that Andy and Sandra Stanley did, and they were talking about parenting. And this just really hit me. But they said, um, you know, Nehemiah says over and over again, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. And, um, you're, they are, he is physically working on a wall, but God gives us all different walls that we are to be working on. And that's the great work 
the, whatever the project is that God has before us. And that work changes throughout our lives and throughout seasons, and it's different for every person. But if God has put a great work in front of you, stick to that great work. Do not come down because of the pettiness. So whatever that wall is that God has for you, you need to stick with it. Mm. And you need to not be distracted and you need to not be caught up in the gossip and the yucky and the whatever, because if God has it for you, God is going to see you through it just like Mm -hmm. he did for Nehemiah. I mean, stick to that wall. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I remember that when I'm thinking about my kids Mm -hmm. and thinking, being a responsible parent is the worst. (laughs) It's so hard. (laughs) It's very hard work. Like I do not want to go to a fill in the blank here. Tonight, I just want to stay home in my jammies Mm -hmm. and watch TV or read a book or ignore the world, whatever it is, you know, but sometimes you don't have that option because your kids need you or your spouse needs you or you have a job that you have to do and your job needs you. So I just think I'm doing a great work. God, I am doing a great work. God, this is the great work that you have for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, God. And this is me reminding him and myself, but you have put this great work before me and I cannot come down. Strengthen my hands for it. It's like the Cossack from the last last lesson that we learned. It's like having that fortitude, that strength. Yeah. Yeah. So we all have, we all have projects and great works and walls that God has given us to build. So what does that look like? And how do you stick to it? This is so hard. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, so even as I'm saying that, I was like, yeah, of course it is, because it's God's work. So God's Mm -hmm. work is out of our capacity to do. It's something we could only do when he's with us and when we're with him really more clearly. Um, So something that's just really difficult, has a lot of facets to it. It does. There's no cut and dry. Mm -hmm. I mean, the cut and dry is God gave it to you, so put your head down and do it. Right. Right. But <laughs> it's a little gray in the in between. So nice the thought. Like I think of what I was like as a young mom, and I was so distracted by what people might think of me. Am I doing this right? Am I doing it wrong? Now we have the internet to tell us if we're right and <laughs> oh, wrong. Yeah. And we have a yeah. whole lot of people telling us we're wrong. Mm. Maybe a few saying we're right. And a lot mm. of people telling us we're never gonna live up. Yeah. A lot of people. A lot of people acting like those three stooges. Yeah, talk about somebody in your ear these days. This generation has the whole world in their ear. And we invite them in. Mm -hmm. We do, which is a big mistake, I think. We invite them in. Because Nehemiah didn't do that. He said, I'm not coming down. Leave me alone. He He didn't engage with that. Of course, he didn't have Wi-Fi. No, he didn't. Right. <laughs> I mean, when we think of the possibilities for distraction, though, I think yeah. there was a lot more time for distraction, although he probably was engaging with the people right there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of neat, the thought of just taking a um, fast from technology and choosing to just sit. And That's how we find out what our wall is, mm-hmm. I think. I think that's one of the ways. We can't listen to God if we're always constantly getting everything else. Right. That's true. That's right. Yeah. Don't turn off your podcast right now, though. I was, I was going to say, yeah, that's great, but then who will be listening to the podcast? <laughs> Unless God tells you that this is not what you need to be doing. Because right. 
you know, that's the reality is sometimes we just have to sit and listen. Mm-hmm. But there will be another time you can. There will be another time. <laughs> we are confident. We'll we are confident. So these um, these enemies have, have launched all of this stuff at Nehemiah, right? Like they've they've gone to him and they've made threats. They've made physical threats and they've said, you know, we're going to come and we're going to sneak and then we're going to do all these awful things. We're going to tear down your wall. We're going to whatever. So now it's like... They're zigzagging, and they said, okay, so this isn't going to work, so now we'll be nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice should be in quotes. Right. Yeah. Because it isn't nice, it's just disguised as that. Mm -hmm. Right. That's exactly right. They were talking in the homework how there's two different types of attack from Satan. Mm -hmm. And the one is, is, like you were describing, Suzanne, the straight-on direct violence or um, threats. Mm -hmm. A full frontal assault. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the tricky ways, where it looks like it's okay, but it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because the Word says that sometimes Satan will come disguised as an angel of light. So it'll look good, it'll sound good, but is it really what God wants you to do? Is it just a big distraction? I think that's why we need discernment. We need the Holy Spirit to help us discern um, what things are really of God and what might be a great distraction. Something mm-hmm. to move us off course. Yeah, and our focus, again, like Nehemiah, his focus it, it wasn't around other things. It was on God and his work and his people. And that's what we need to maybe pay attention to, like not necessarily listening to the chatter around, mm-hmm. but what is God saying for me to do? I think it's maybe a little bit harder in everyday situations. Mm-hmm. Um because it's not, I mean, if you're a missionary or a pastor or a Bible study leader, then maybe it's really easy to see what God has for you. But if you're just an everyday kind of person out there working a regular job, maybe it's a little bit harder to see how that could be a great work that God has given you. I know, um, you know, I spent the first 20 years of my adulthood, probably the first 30 years of my life, doing Bible studies and and really being led in ministry. Then I got married and had kids, and I still had a lot of opportunity to be involved in the things of God, and I loved that. And I assumed that when my kids got grown and left home that I would just do more of the same. And then that didn't happen. God had me go back to work full-time in a career that was pretty demanding, um, and I and I kind of kicked against that for a long time. I can remember talking to my mom and saying, you know, I just I just can't believe that I have to do this. <laughs> this is not what I had planned. Mm. And um, she was so very precious. My mom's a great woman of God, and she said, you know what, Angie, you've got to realize that you're in a different vineyard now. Okay, so the work is still God's work, but it's going to look really different. So for the first time in 62 years, I am out in the world. I'm not working in a church or in a Bible study. I'm out there where, truthfully, maybe I'm needed more than I was needed where I worked before. So, But I had to do a real shift um, in my mind and in my heart about what a work of God could look like. And I had to say, okay, so this is where God has put me. This is where he wants me. And I better get okay with it. So it's, it's been a work in progress. It took me a couple years. I think I really fought it for a while. But now I see that this is exactly where God has for me to be. And I'm hopefully 
um, submitting to that and keeping my eyes focused on him, knowing that he's going to bring the people to me that need to come to me for his kingdom to be glorified, for him to be glorified. Do you feel like you've had to make sacrifices because of that? Well, I had to give up my way a little bit because I really liked you know, getting up in the morning and spending an hour in prayer and an hour or two in the Word. I indulged myself with all that, and I loved it, and I think that that was great. I think God was all for that. My kids were little. You know, I would get them off to school, and I had the morning with God. Um, So I had 20 years of consistent time like that. That's a pretty valuable gift that I was given. But at some point, maybe God decided it's time for you to put that to work out there mm-hmm. where I need you. Um, so, yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm happy about that now. Um, it just took me a little while to get on my feet with it because I missed that time. I kind of had to learn to relate to God a little bit differently, um, or when I'm in the car, because I'm in the car a lot. Right. Um, I had to find other ways to connect with him than just having that morning time with him. Um, because now I could wake up and there could be a text with some big issue that's going on that I have to address. And I don't get that first thing in the morning little bit of time with him. So I've got to find other times um, to connect. It's been good for me. It shook me up. Stretched you a little bit? Stretched me a little bit. Yeah. I can see that now. But in the beginning, I didn't see that. In the beginning, I was just kind of fussing and fuming and kicking and screaming for a while. This is not what I thought. This is not what I wanted. Um, so yeah, a little bit of, you know, death to self, Mm -hmm. you know, but this is obviously where God wants me to be. That's a good point. And we can get distracted by even our plan, what we think he should want for us or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and all that was good. All that Bible study and all that. I mean, I loved all that. It was nice. It was It was real nice. Not quotes nice. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Terry, I'm going to call you out for a quick second. You're a planner and you're a list maker. If something doesn't go along, it, she just she just looked at me like, I cannot believe you're asking me this. So no, so I know where this okay. is going it's, and it's I don't a- like it. Um, so if, <laughs> because it's not on the list. If something yeah. is not on the list or um, like your plan is off, does that throw you off? Yep. Because as, as I have said before, I'm a reactor and not a responder. Mm-hmm. So um, I can just talk about last week. Um, we had something going on here in our group. Sure, I can tell you. Okay. And Rosemary is going to tell you a little bit about that, and then I'm going to tell you a little story about um, something that wasn't on my list. Aww. Okay. So... Um, in the introduction, you guys heard me mentioning someone who lived in my house, uh, my mother-in-law named Domi, and she passed away on September 20th. And she was an amazing lady. She was a lot of fun. She had a life. Um, she was born in Bavaria, in Germany, um, and was a child through the war. So she talks about all these times where bombs were coming. They... Um, they didn't have food. And somehow a lot of those would just turn into fun stories. And then when you really look at it underneath, like the not, her older sister had to go to the Russian front at 16, I think, with the Hitler Youth. And then they came to take her brother, who was 11. 
which was way too young. 14 is when they took him into the, but it was the end of the war. And I guess the SS guys or whatever, she said, they looked past him and looked at me and said, I can take those two also. And she was eight. And her brother oh. was. Oh, my goodness. And so she says, I still remember his face. So all, she tells these stories, like that's a trauma growing up in a war zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it, it seems like their family just turned to life and to joy and to fun because what was balanced by that was a lot of accordion music, a lot of dancing, a lot of fun and creating your own joy mm-hmm. with that. So um, and just, can I just tell a real quick mm-hmm. story on yeah. this? Yeah. As she was in the, um, the, um, Respite care. We had her in respite care for a short period of time. The hospice guy came in to talk to her. His name's Paul. Lovely man. We don't talk about denominations here because we don't want to be offensive, but we've made a choice to go ahead and break that all. And Just he, this once. Just, yeah, <laughs> because it's so fun. <laughs> no. But he comes in, he talks to you, he goes, so I'm Lutheran. And he said, and, and, you're, and she goes, I'm Catholic. Right, and then she got mad at him. Now his thing is he was trying to make sure that she had a priest available, and she had he was being very respectful of her religion, but he wanted to confirm that it was her. She's mad. She's not going to talk to him now. And um, my son was in the meeting at the time, and then once the guy left, once Paul left, she turns to my son and she says, "You know what? In here, they're always trying to sell you something, and you can't get away." <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, me? He wasn't trying to sell you something." She goes, "He was trying to make me a Lutheran." So <laughs> it's it's just kind of all the fun things about her, and there's a lot of laughter and a lot of joy, and we may be bringing more ideas of things that she said into here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's part of a small group. Like things yeah. happen in your families. So mm-hmm. yeah. So um, when that happened, it was not on my list. <laughs> uh, it wasn't on any of our lists, and so. Um, we were due to come in and record the next day, and we weren't sure what Rosemary was going to do. We really thought for sure she would not come because her heart was so broken about Omi. So um, not on our list. At 9.30 at night, we're scrambling around like, okay, we're going to have to go as if Rosemary's not going to be able to be there. Okay, so Angie put together our script that we do, and... Um, I said, okay, I can come up with a little short lead-in. And in my mind, I had one. <laughs> <laughs> and when, then when I, I was writing down the one, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to have four. <laughs> one for every time. So I'm, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I can do this. Very, not like Rosemary at all, but very, very short things. So um, we got that done. And then we got here, and um, and Suzanne said that her husband was coming because he's the guy that does our tech, and there had been a few problems. So, okay, here, so there's another thing. <laughs> These things, each one is nothing, but it wasn't in my plan, and each one was throwing me for a loop and another loop and another loop. And so we got here, and then we had to switch rooms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So that was another loop. We started. We had to um, re-record um, two days worth of recordings. There's another throw me for a loop. We were going through um, one of the things, and I didn't get to tell my Disney story, which threw me for a loop again. <laughs> and then I just said, I just had to keep reminding myself 
this is not my podcast. This is God's podcast. And this is what he has planned. And I can just roll with it. And then what happened is that Rosemary got to tell her story of her cancer, which is so much more important than my story about Disney. And it's like, this is what God had planned all along. And then I talked to Rosemary later and she said, yeah, you know, when I was coming, I wasn't prepared for um, what were we doing? Four and five. She I said, couldn't do my homework. No, I, she wouldn't she come said, in because they had all that yep, stuff. Yep. And she on. said, I, I was coming, but I, was n- I wasn't prepared. I wouldn't be able to do anything. But then when everything got shifted around, she was prepared for that. And so for me, it was a lesson and, and a lesson within a lesson that um, it's, it's God's podcast. I can roll with it. It's good. God, you know, helped me through each little thing. Um, and then another lesson in there is that it's not important about my story. And the best part of it was that Rosemary was able to be a big and important part of it because she was ready. If we had stuck with the original plan, she wouldn't have been ready. So it was it was pretty amazing that God took me out of my box, out of my comfort zone, off my plan, totally off my plan. <laughs> and it was the best thing. It was the best thing. So... Well, I, th- I feel like you responded very well instead of reacting. I would mm-hmm. not have said that you were a reactor. Yeah, I didn't know. It was all, I mean, honestly, I have to say it was all God. Mm-hmm. So That's awesome. He kept yeah. you in peace. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, a long story. <laughs> that was great. I love it. <laughs> it just shows that when we're focused on God... And are willing to roll with whatever he puts before us, that he works it out. Mm-hmm. He works it out. I mean, you know, God put Nehemiah where he was supposed to be, and he, all these challenges were coming at him. But Nehemiah just kept rolling with it. Mm-hmm. You know, the the physical attacks, the the verbal threats, and now this sneaky guy who says let's just be friends let's let me help you <laughs> come on out we'll you know? go for a walk in the desert right. we'll talk yeah. all alone over. don't mind the armed guards <laughs> yeah. you know um but he just he he sees that vision and he knows that it's from god and so he just rolls with it and he i think that's awesome hey, he stays on point he didn't let himself get distracted right even like they tried the unsealed letters now Ugh. that was Ugh. crazy wasn't it <laughs> yeah it's really, I mean, it's like passing notes in class. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't, it, if you didn't, you know, fold it like the fancy stay out kind of way. For those who are um, our age or older, you understand the passing the notes in class, the paper <laughs> note. And if you didn't want somebody to see it, then you folded it with like some tucks and some mm-hmm. whatevers. Um but if it didn't really matter, then you just folded up your paper in quarters and then passed it along or whatever. And that was kind of the open invitation of like, this is kind of a generic note. It's okay. It wasn't a, hey, you want to meet on the playground circle, yes or no kind of situation. <laughs> right. I like you. Do you like me? Right. <laughs> Please write back. Um. My, my son had a situation like that in school coming up. He, um, he's in fifth grade and he comes over and goes, mom. I'm telling you, I didn't, I'm not dating anybody. I'm in trouble. I go, what's going on? He goes, just, no, I never did anything. I go, okay. A note got passed from a girl 
through a guy named Brian mm-hmm. to my son. And it said, do you like me? Do you want to date? Brian passes it. No, Brian just marks it yes oh. and passes it back to her. So all this time this girl's going, oh, my son, he won't sit next to me. He won't sit next to me. He's not even talking to me. He's like, he goes, and then finally she's fed up with it. And she comes in front of everybody and she yells at me. She goes, fine, we're not dating anymore. And he was like, I didn't even know we were dating. And it was like... <laughs> I love those notes. That was too cute. So my husband and I grew up together. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we actually had a note like that that was like from us in middle school. Oh, Oh, that's a frame. You you kept it. Yes, it's in a box. That is awesome. It's in a box. I would frame that. It's in a box with our tapes. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Tapes. Yeah, like... Someday people will say, what were... Like a mixed... What were tapes? like a mixed tape... (laughs) Like, like of all your you favorite would, love songs or something? I yeah, mean, like was, that you would record off the radio. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it was like, ready, go. Yeah. And then you had this little box sitting there yeah. with the little microphone, and you press yeah. record. <laughs> and then somebody yeah. would walk in, in and make room. noise, and you're like, oh, <laughs> Yeah. You're really everything. So even back then, you guys were, like, into technology. Yeah, there you were. Oh, yeah. Oh, you were. Maybe. Mm. I, I guess so. A little bit. I don't. I never even thought about that. Yeah. So that's a whole aside. But yeah. Um, yeah. So Sanbalat has a Sanbal Sanbalat Sanbalat. Once again, we enter the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> yes, has the unsealed note, mm-hmm. which typically a note that would be official. Not a note. A letter mm-hmm. that was official would be rolled. Mm-hmm. And then have a ribbon on it to tie it up, and then have a wax seal mm-hmm. to show that it had not been disturbed. But this was not that way at all. So it really was like an open invitation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, our FYI box <clears throat> said official letters were typically blah 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 rolled up and na, na, na. an open or an unsealed letter was not only a sign of disrespect and open criticism, but also suggested the information was public knowledge. In other words, everybody knows that, uh, you know, you're trying to take over, that you're going to make yourself a king, and if anyone doesn't know, here it is. You can see this, this is proof. Mm-hmm. So this is the equivalent of now posting something on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you guys think Nehemiah was scared when he got it? Mm, doesn't appear to be. He seems to just respond the way that um, he has responded all the way along. Actually, I love that response. Yeah. Do you want to read that? No, you go ahead. Should I read it? Yeah. I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. <laughs> you dirty you liar. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was a pretty good indication that he wasn't afraid of that at all. No. He recognized it for exactly what it was. Yeah, and 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 why did he have that position? How, how you know that could be a scary thing. All the things it, they put well, in there could be. He yeah. could have been killed. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that could be scary, mm-hmm. but I'm like, oh, he's besties. He's besties with the king. Yep. And with God. And with God. And he knew what he was about. And he again turned, again, again turns to God mm-hmm. in prayer. Yes. Over and over again. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I I was thinking um, <clears throat> they were trying to uh, frighten us into thinking the fear. I was thinking they were trying to frighten us, thinking the fear will leave them weak and they won't be able to finish the work. Because if you're steeped in fear and you're, you know, looking over your shoulder, okay, like which one of these is a spy? Which one has been sent here to, mm-hmm. and you're constantly on your toes. <clears throat> and if you are fearful, you kind of, it does drain you and you do yeah. feel kind of weak and, and, um, I just wondered, you know, was that how they were feeling? Is that how he was feeling? Just a little bit, maybe, because he says, he prayed, strengthen my hands. Don't don't let me be fearful. You know, give me the strength. They're trying to fear, you know, Well, even though he, was, he had a pretty strong response, and I think he felt confident that God was in control of that situation, it's just, he's a man too. Yeah. So I'm sure there was just, he, he knew he needed to be strengthened. Mm to continue the work, to finish it. Um, and, and remember last time we were talking about, um, I think with lies, there's always that grain of truth. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think it's when you're threat, particularly when you're afraid of something, there's that grain of truth in it. Like, oh, what if people think it? I wasn't here for the people? Right. Mm-hmm. What if it, you know, it could just be that one piece of truth, but then it's twisted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And it's like, that's how you can get caught. Mm-hmm. Like if he would have said, Nehemiah, we will tell the king to take away your Winnebago. He's like, what? <laughs> right? It wouldn't have even hit. But he's going at things like the king's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. We're going to go tell the king. We're yeah. Everybody knows this mm-hmm. now. It's an unsealed letter. Mm-hmm. And so there's a piece of truth to that. Like, oh, you could get killed. Yeah. Well, word could get back to the king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And How then, easily could that happen in an yeah. open letter? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, And even though Nehemiah knew that the king was for him, and supporting him, still, that would be pretty scary if if somebody came to your best friend and said, hey, you know, he's really trying to usurp you. That was happening all the time. Sons and fathers mm-hmm. and cousins and yep. friends. And they That's were all... why they needed a cupbearer to begin That's with. Right. Oh, That's right. Good point. That's right. all over the place. And not only that, but how about... Remember that letter you signed before? We told you this was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Now look. Now look. You sent him on his way with all the goods and mm-hmm. to help it happen, and now look. Yeah. Pretty scary Just situation. As, said. Yeah. I, as humans, which he was, mm-hmm. sometimes we do have that little fear, and then I don't know about you, but it always, it doesn't always, but sometimes that fear just grows and grows and grows mm-hmm. until it is completely outrageous. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows that this is outrageous. He even says, you're making this all up out of your head. Mm-hmm. But there's that sometimes that fear that just turns into something crazy. Like mm-hmm. every time we go to the airport and I'm going through security, <laughs> every time you go up to security and you get in the line and there's this big list of things that you can't have. You know, there's no weapons, there's no... No scissors. No scissors. No razor blades. No bombs, no yeah. guns, no knives. Nail you know, files. Only so much lotion. Right. Lotion. right yeah. So I get in the line and I'm going... What if I accidentally packed a bomb? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, not that I have a bomb laying around, <laughs> right. and that is completely ridiculous, <laughs> but it is. It's that fear of like, yeah. oh my gosh, what happens if? It's like, yeah, get real. So you know, when you get to be sixty-two, our big fear on the way to the airport is, 
oh my gosh, have we got our driver's licenses? (laughs) So Dan and I are both always checking our wallets. And of course, Mm -hmm. we never take our driver's license out of our wallet. Of course it's there, but it's just that little bit of... Right. So we were in Germany and we um, were coming back and, and Omi's in a wheelchair. So all of a sudden they take her separate and my older son says, I'll take her bag. And he grabs the bag and he takes it through. And the oh airport person uh-huh. is looking and going, this is your bag? And he goes, yes. She goes, mind uh-huh. if I open it? He goes, no, go ahead. <laughs> he opens it. <laughs> and then and inside are nightgowns, uh-huh. a, a crucifix, and a bottle of lotion. Uh-huh. A big lotion that she had put in there. Oh and and she, looks at, she looks at him like, is this yours? And he just goes, I just looked at her. What can I say? He goes, Yes. Oh my God. That is too We said it happened within minutes of getting through that line. Yeah. Uh, It's those little fears. You know? I'm sure if he had said, Oh no, it's not really mine, like, Oh my God. What What a mess. What a mess. He's a teenager. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> so apparently he has nightgowns and crucifix and lotion. It's like, I don't even know what to say. Like, there's nothing I can say. Oh my gosh, how funny. I'm sure those TSA people see plenty oh, of I'm stuff. Sure they do. <laughs> well, Greg had me afraid that I was going to be going to jail because I uh, mailed to my sister-in-law, you remember, um, uh, empty either wine or olive oil jar and I had some at my house and I had these little lights inside and they had batteries (laughs) (laughs) and so um, I couldn't put it all together because if the little button had gotten pushed all the batteries would be dead by the time it got to her and I didn't so they were all separated out (laughs) so there was a bottle And then a baggie, there were some batteries, <laughs> and then and another thing was this with the wiring, you know, the yeah, copper wiring and the lights. Yeah, sounds pretty bad, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it to the airport, and <clears throat> I'm not to the airport, I'm sorry, to the post office, and she says to me, is there anything in there that is breakable or um, any batteries, any of this? And I'm like, no, nope, nope. <laughs> She's like, okay. So I'm already feeling... Uh, guilty because mm-hmm. I lied. I felt so bad for lying to the post office lady. <laughs> <clears throat> so then I get home and I tell Greg what I did. And he's like, They are going to put that through the scanner. They're going to x ray that and they're going to see it. And I'm like, oh, Really? He goes, Yeah, they check everything, Terry. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then by the end of the night, I had myself so worked up that I was going to go to prison oh, because they would think I was a, a bomber. Yeah. And um, waiting for ATF and, to knock on the door. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I, I had decided in the morning I'm going to go to the post office and confess my sins <laughs> <laughs> because my address is on it. Hello. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt where that came from. <clears throat> and then I'm like, I don't know, I got busy and I didn't do it. And and then uh, a few days later, I talked to my sister-in-law. And yes, she had gotten the box. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Know, and I'm like, whoo, boy, I dodged a bullet there. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will never, ever try to mail anything that's on that list of don't mail these things. You can yeah. mail them. They just have to label them. Oh. Just so you know. That, that's I was going to say, yeah, they, they label, label them as okay. bomb. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Potential bomb. Go to Terry's house. No. <laughs> I, it, just kind of getting back to the homework again. Yes. I love the FYI thought that's in, um, it's on, with question six. 
and it's through David Guzik. Nehemiah did not mount an elaborate defense trying to prove Sambalat wrong um, point by point. He wasn't going to waste his time. You don't satisfy men like Sambalat with facts, explanations, and evidence. You satisfy them by giving in to their demands, and Nehemiah would not do that. And that's, that's a piece, it's like Nehemiah knew the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the game now. It's changed. This is what's going on. The only way they're going to be happy is if I do whatever they want. Mm. Yeah. He wasn't going to do it. He's just going to say, you're making this all you're up. Making right. it's all in up your head. head. It's all up yeah. in your head. Yep. That's, those are the kinds of attacks I think that um, are the most powerful. Mm-hmm. To me, they are. I know there are, and I've never lived in a war zone. I've never been physically attacked. So I, if I have had lived through that, maybe my opinion would be different. But I think the, um, the sneaky, backhanded coming in to play mind games um, mm-hmm. is even worse. Because yeah. if there's a physical attack, you know how to fight it. Mm-hmm. And you know what's coming. And you can usually anticipate that it's coming, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but it's those... It's those, you know, little whispers mm-hmm. and the gossip. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. how do you respond to that? I mean, the the best way to do it is just say you're making it up and then move along. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't. And a, and a lot of times we don't see it coming. And there's just like mm-hmm. a tiny seed. And once it gets in, it grows. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. And making that decision that the only way to satisfy that is to say that this is real. You know, and then it'll, you think it's going to stop, but it won't. That's the only way you can get rid of that mm-hmm. pressure. Yep. And the truth, what Nehemiah did, he said, you know what? Not even going there. God, mm-hmm. this is yours. You got to take this. Right. Yeah. Right. Strengthen my hands. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let me go back to my work. Yes. Mm-hmm. So for us, when we get those little tiny little pieces in our head that start to grow, that's what we can do too. Nehemiah shows a really good example of that. Mm-hmm. This isn't something I have to carry, God. You made me to build walls. Yeah, That's right. what we're doing now. Yeah. Right. What's your wall and stick to it? I know that I did not pack a bomb when I went to the airport. Right. So I can say, <laughs> this is a stupid fear. Right. And yeah. just let it go and move on. Yeah. You know, Terry knows that ATF is not coming to her house. <laughs> so she can move it. They might now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, something you can just move along. You just got to get back to that wall, to your big project, mm-hmm. to your great work, to whatever mm-hmm. God has for you. And there's no help for you if you put bags of lotion or bottles of lotion in with your crucifix. <laughs> right. And you're then you're down. <laughs> you know, there is a scripture that says that we can take every thought captive to the yes. Lordship of Christ. Yep. And I think when we get those little fears, that that's a good scripture to put it in our mouth. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a squirrely thought. I'm going to take that captive. Yep to the Lordship of Christ, to the reality that Jesus is my Lord and that he's really the one who's in charge of everything that concerns me. So if we can learn to do that, that's like strength in my hand. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm your direct, you're my direct line. You're my source. You're my strength. Um, and so I'm going to take those squirrely thoughts captive. You know, and, and, 
God gave us imagination. So even if we imagine, let's say in Terry's situation, this bomb, <laughs> this package, <laughs> Lord, I'm not made to me. carry this. God, yeah. I'm going to take this captive. And if you can imagine whatever that squirrely thought is, mm-hmm. if you can take it and put it at the cross and or hand it to mm-hmm. Jesus, just meet him at the cross yeah. and say, God, I can't, I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking this now, too much you for take me. the bomb. I can't take the bomb. You take the bomb. I can't. <laughs> no, I'm like, no. If you, if you, oh, I was trying to be so serious. And then it just kind of went the we wrong way. We are not bombers. No, we're no not. Way. Can we clarify that? We, we might. We had a hard so, time figuring out how to do a podcast. Are you <laughs> we have no technology. That's probably why we're so paranoid that people think we are. Because there's no way we could be. Anyway. Yeah, but if you can use that imagination. And have it be a physical thing that you give away. Mm-hmm. And then you know when it's gone from you. You will have a different feeling. It'll mm-hmm. be like, yeah, I don't have to carry that anymore. Mm-hmm. Jesus died for that. Yeah. He Cast did. all your cares on me because yes. I care for you. So I don't have to care for anything Yeah, like that. This is my confession right here is that I am really quick to like give things to God and then I am probably equally as quick to take them back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and I have found that if I give something to God and leave it with him, but replace it with something good and something mm-hmm. true, mm. that it's a lot easier just to let that be. Mm. Yes. Because the lies that we have and the lies that we tell ourselves and believe about ourselves and have heard about ourselves mm-hmm. um, are, are there and they've grown some roots. And so when we pull that up, if we don't have something to replace that with that is true, then those lies will come back. They will. And those lies will grow. And so when you lay it down and you let it be and then replace that with something that's true and that's good. Scripture usually is helpful. Scripture. I think yeah. scripture. And, and yeah. the, the truth that God has given to us mm-hmm. and the truth of who we are in God and what we are in God, of who we are and who we belong to. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that scripture that says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. So whenever I have those fearful thoughts, that's the scripture I use to replace that. I take that fearful thought captive. I push the delete button and say, nope, not having that because God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. So why Mm -hmm. am I afraid? I'm I'm not going to be afraid. And I, I think it's okay, too. Um, it helps me if I remind God, mm-hmm. you have not given me a spirit of fear. Right. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've walked around my house and say, driven down the road that. or whatever. I mean, yeah. sometimes I just yell, mm-hmm. which would probably <laughs> freak out the people that are in the car next to me. They're like, what is wrong with this woman? But, you know, sometimes you just well, have to you gotta put get it out. out there. I told yeah. you what to do. Just bop your head like you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They're like, that woman is listening to some heavy metal. Heavy metal, yeah. A screamo, remember that? That's right. Right. Less on the emo, more on the screamo. So anyway, well, it's um, we are out of time. So would somebody like to pray for us? I will. Great. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you so much for laughter. Lord, we're so thankful that you have created us to enjoy laughter and how it um, relieves tension. And we just thank you again for the example that Nehemiah has set before us. 
We just pray that we will be quick to spot out the lies, um, spot the lies that Satan sends to us to try to um, get us off track and derail us. And we just um, pray that your Holy Spirit will give us a good sense of discernment. And um, thank you for this time together. We pray that these words that we have uh, recorded will bless and help grow the women who listen on the podcast. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.